Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tino Romero Jr., a.k.a. the Graveyard Grumbler. Today's episode is, well, the original episode was going to be about demonology, so I'll read what demonology is about, and then we're going to jump into what the episode turned out to be. I didn't intend for this to happen, but today we're going to learn a little about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Where's the doll now? Someplace safe. Yep. So, what are you guys? I mean, what do people call you? Uh, well, we've been called demonologists. It's one name for us. Ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. Hooks. <laughs> Wackos. But we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, so that that's how this episode is going to end up going. I just, just it, we, it, it kind of just snuck in there. I wasn't planning on doing Ed and Lorraine Warren, but when I started looking up demonology stuff, it Ed and Lorraine Warren popped up, and then I fell into the wormhole. Anyway, let's get to the episode. Let's get to the episode, all right? So who is, uh, oh, well, actually, what is demonology? So demonology is the study of demons or beliefs about demons. They may be no human or non-human, separable souls, or discarnate spirits which have inhibited a body. A sharp distinction is often drawn between these two classes, notably by the Melanesians, several African groups, and others. The, the Islamic jinn, for example, are not reducible to modified human souls. At the same time, the classes are frequently conceived as producing identical results. So now that you have a little bit about uh, demonology, like I said, it was real difficult for me to find a whole bunch of stuff on demonology, which is weird because you would think that such a subject or topic would actually be easily available. Or maybe I just didn't look well enough. It doesn't matter. But Ed Warren was self-taught and self-professed demonologist. Lorraine Warren professed to be clairvoyant and a light trance medium who worked closely with her husband. So now what I want to know is how in the hell can Ed Warren just wake up one day and say, fuck it, I'm a demonologist and I'm going to start making a lot of money off of this when uh, his wife is like, yo, you can do that because fuck it, why not? There's not many demonologists out here that, that are making big waves anyway and I can see shit. And I can and I have premonitions and we're going to be all right. So my question is, how do I do that? How do I capitalize on waking up one day and just calling myself a demonologist? Now, a lot of people have, um, I don't know if it's, I don't know, misinformation on what demonologists do. Demonologists only are the study of demons and their origins and other stuff like that. Demonologists that are portrayed on TV aren't what they are, what they actually are. So uh, Ed Warren being a self-proclaimed demonologist makes sense because he just used the title in order to have a title. I mean, fuck, I'm going to start calling, you know, I'm Tino Romero, demonologist, hashtag, that's what I am. You know what I mean? That, that's what it's going to happen now. So if anyone who isn't familiar with Ed and Lorraine Warren, they are the ones behind some of the biggest paranormal investigations like The Conjuring, uh, The Annabelle Doll, The Amityville Horror, you know, stuff like that. They have a huge resume, like thousands and thousands of cases. But my question is, how did I mean getting all started, just waking up and calling yourself a demonologist without any certification? That, that's pretty bold. They were a high five for Ed Warren, you know what I mean? So in 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. They claimed to have investigated over 10,000 cases during their career. The Warrens were among the first investigators in the controversial Amity Amityville haunting. 
According to the Warners, the NSPR, which is the New England Society for Psychic Research, uses a variety of individuals, including medical doctors, researchers, police officers, nurses, college students, and members of the clergy to in, uh, for the investigation. So the thing that cracks me up about having a whole society is that you have hundreds and thousands of people who are more than willing to risk their life for some paranormal shit. And it is very rare, very far and few in between that any of them, from my, from my, my knowledge, are, are actually going to charge <laughs> to go and get fucked up by a demon. Now, look, it, I'm not saying, you know, me being a new demonologist and all, I don't think that if someone called me up right now and said, yo, hey, Tino, we are going to go check out this haunted house and there might be some demons. I mean, the last guy that went in there got fucking stabbed in the neck by something that we don't know what it was. Do you want to come? We can use your expertise. And I'm going to be like, look, man, as being one of the most, uh, the uh, one of the leading demonologists here in San Antonio, I will charge, you know, j because you did reach out to me. I didn't reach out to you. I'm going to go ahead and charge 150 an hour. So if I'm only there for 20 minutes, I will cut, you know, cut the $50 and my services will be rendered for $100. But if I'm there for an hour plus, you're definite that I'm going to be charging you the 150 an hour. So am I willing to go get fucked up in the name of money? Most definitely. Who wouldn't be? So when it says that all these doctors and, and especially college students, man, if I was a college student and I got invited to go check out a, a house or, or a group of things that that people were getting fucked up and or, or there's a haunting to try to debunk it or, you know, confirm if it's real or fake. And it just it's all the whole confirmation thing. You goddamn right. I'm going to be charging as a damn college student. I'm not going to be living off of off of um, goldfish and ramen and fucking water just because, hey, it sounds cool. I'm going to go and get fucked up by the demons for free. Bullshit. And if I'm a cop, you better goddamn believe that overtime is going to uh, be a big factor in how much I'm going to get paid for this shit. But, you know, again, me being a new demonologist here in the last uh, 15 minutes, I, my, service are, my services are going to be quite expensive, you know. I'm not going to get fucked up for free. It's not going to happen. It's not. Boy, I tell you. So. Uh, stories of ghost haunting popularized by the Warrens have been adapted as or have indirectly inspired dozens of films, television series, and documentaries, including 17 films in the Amityville Horror Series and seven films in the Conjuring Universe. Now, I don't know what seven films in the Conjuring Universe they're talking about, but from the ones that I can think of off the top of my head are Annabelle 1, Annabelle 2, which Annabelle 2 was fucking amazing. Conjuring 1, amazing, one of my favorite movies. Conjuring 2, which was garbage, The Nun, and I think that is all that I can think of off the top of my head. Now, in my opinion, the best Amityville horror movie was the one with uh, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, yeah, okay, I know girls like, oh, Swoon is Ryan Reynolds, he's a beefcake. That's not the point. He was actually a really good fucked up actor. Fucked up. Okay, hold on. Let me rephrase that. He did a really good job as being the fucked up dad in that movie. <laughs> so it, it was actually a good flick. If you haven't picked that up, go check it out now. I mean, I'm not going to get in detail with the Amityville Horror. It's a huge, famous type, you know, thing that's happened out there on the East Coast. But they are responsible for doing a lot of the investigation for the Amityville Horror now. Or the Amityville Haunting, I should say. It's not the horror. The movie is the horror. But uh, the... The Conjuring, and they're responsible for their their research and their their notes and papers regarding everything that happened in, during those times. So those are a few things that have made them really popular in the paranormal world and making their names pretty synonymous with uh, with hauntings. You know, you hear about you know hauntings or, or Conjuring, you automatically think 
Ed and Lorraine Warren. So the funny thing is, is that when I was younger and I first heard or watched the Amityville Horror, the original one, I don't know if it was a 70s movie or an 80s movie, but I heard the name Ed and Lorraine Warren and I, Warren, and I had no idea who the fuck they were talking about. Now, I mean, I was a young grumbler, so I mean, I, I didn't have Google like people have now. You know, back in the 90s, we didn't have that shit. We just had word of mouth and we had to, you know, take it with a grain of salt because, you know, your homies and your, and your sisters be bullshitting you all the time. So uh, the, the sucky thing is that skeptics, Perry DeAngelis and Stephen Norella or Novella. See, this Stephen Novella, that's already drama. You know, he's going to start up shit with the last name Novella. They have investigated novella is i mean for a lot of people it's like uh, uh the spanish version or spanish word for soap opera so steven novella yeah steven soap opera fucking drama uh, they have investigated the warrants evidence and described it as blarney skeptical investigators joe nickel and benjamin radford concluded that the more famous hauntings amityville and snedeker family hauntings did not happen and had been invented so i know that no matter what type of work you do no matter what kind of industry that you're in you're always going to have haters and the bigger the name you have the bigger the haters that you're going to get i mean regardless of how awesome you are no matter how much you're you're helping the pre, you know other people, you're still gonna have fucking haters. And so because of that, these fools over here disrespecting the Warrens' name on how they fake the whole entire thing to get rich. Now I'm not knocking Ed and Lorraine Warren, but I mean, come on, why would they fake something that much in order to I don't grow their bank account? You know, from a lot of, a lot of stuff that I read was that they were actually Ed and Lorraine were very passionate about the paranormal and trying to save families from whatever hauntings that they uh, that they were dealing with. So I mean, I can't blame them for you know wanting to help. And you're going to charge. I mean, you got to take a small fee. Can't do this shit for free. But you know, if I was a Warren, if I was part of the family, and you know, me and me and those skeptics, we're going to have you throwing hands. And don't be disrespecting my family's name just because you don't like us or because you're jealous that you didn't think of it first, motherfucker. You know what I mean? So. What did exactly what 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 did Ed and Lorraine Warren exactly do? So Ed and Lorraine were called by families and religious members of different churches to investigate hauntings that occurred in people's home. They worked on some of the most extreme paranormal activity ever docu documented. Cases where priests have become possessed. Cases where people are attacked. Cases where unwardly wardly entities manifest and then priests side. Cases where time is violated and the physical environment is completely rearranged. Cases where spirits don't just haunt a house, they visibly tear it apart. Ed and Lorraine would debunk a supposed haunting, and if the haunting was real, they would cleanse the house by way of prayer and other blessings. So, check it out. Look, man. Now, I know maybe a shock that Ed and Lorraine Warren were these big demonologists and worked on some huge cases. However... My Mama Santos and Doña Frutosa have been fucking up ghosts long before Ed and Lorraine Warren were around. If I'm not mistaken, I think Doña Frutosa, which in English it's, uh, uh, I don't know how to say Doña in English. <laughs> it's just a, an, a respect for an elderly woman. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't even know her real name. I just know her that my dad used to call her Tutti Frutti. But I mean, Doña, uh, Doña Frutosa was fucking up demons, I think, back in the 1700s. I believe she was born around 1701. 
And she, as soon as she was able to walk from, you know, legend has it was that she was able to fuck up ghosts and demons from a long time and have this power over people, not over people, but a power protection in order to prevent people from getting fucked up by demons. So, and Lorraine Warren, it's no impressive thing here, you know, on my side of the family. And I know my grandma, which would be grandmother uh, Santos. She was, I think, she, I think she was born in, I think sometime in the early 1800s. And I mean, she passed away in the 90s. So, I mean, 1800s, I mean, she, you know, she did some shit too, from my understanding. So you have to think that these things have been going on long before time, but the Warrens were just able to popularize it and make you know, money and make money off of it. However, unlike my family, we just kept shit under wraps and, you know, we just did things to, you know, protect the, protect the weak. That's what we did. We didn't ask for any money, but now that I'm older and if I had known that, you know, those two ladies, Doña Frutosa and my grandmother were, you know, fucking up demons and I would have, I would have charged a fee too. <laughs> I'm just trying to come up with the rest of a buddy. You know what I mean? So when, when, when it means by cleansing now, there's a scene, a, a big popular scene where in the conjuring, where uh, Ed performs an exorcism, according to reports, the Warrens never did any type of exorcism at all. And so according to reports is that all they did was do seances and bless the house. So they would go in and, you know, say that your house is being haunted or you think that your house is being haunted. So they would go and look through your entire house and check what could be the logical explanation. You know, are there loose pipes? Are there creaky floorboards? You know, there's a malfunctioning water heater. They would do everything they can to prove that there wasn't a haunting. But if there was a haunting, then they would do things to try to protect, you know, prayers and how, you know, have you uh, do certain things. And, you know, in a lot of extreme cases, if they weren't able to handle it themselves, they would uh, invite a priest out to help them with the ridding of whatever entity is, is, you know, disturbing you and fucking you up at the time. But as far as I, as far as I read, they never performed any sort of exorcism. So that was kind of heartbreaking. I, I for sure thought that Ed Warren was this maverick, this fucking gunslinger badass that decided to go against everything that the Catholic church told him not to do and perform an exorcism. But it wasn't true. What? It's like you find out your superheroes aren't really superheroes. And, you know, boy, I tell you, but so, I mean, if you cleanse the house, you know, we've all watched Poltergeist where the house, you know, destroyed itself. And that old lady is like, this house is now cleaned. You know what I mean? Is it the same thing? You just walk around with like sage and, and other shit. I have to ask my sister, goddess guidance, you know, see what her thought is on that. As a matter of fact, I might be doing a live with her here talking about the whole Ed and Lorraine uh, cleansing of, of houses and how that goes about in the extreme cases. But for now, let's continue with, with my grumbling. So, yeah, I don't know about you, but if I hired Ed and Lorraine Warren and they didn't do anything extreme, but, you know, rub some sage and, you know, put up some fucking goat heads and a couple crosses or whatever, I'd be pissed. I'm not going to pay these motherfuckers for doing stuff that I could have done on my own. I could have went to a, to a hotel, got one of the little free Bibles from the from the little drawers went back home and then did this shit myself. Why am I going to pay them? Just because they sold it to you, man, get the fuck out of here. And boy, I tell you, it's the whole, I guess you can, you know, the perfect salesman on what and how you can do to sell your services. But for me, 
I'm not going to get duped. I grew up with this shit all through my life. So I didn't have to worry about me, you know, getting duped by Ed and, Lor- Ed and Lorraine Warren. And I could just went down to my Doña, to uh, Doña Frutosa's house and have her, you know, hook me up, hook me up with some blessings so I can fuck up some demons. But I did that because she was a scary old lady. So I didn't want to go talk to her. <laughs> And I'm telling you, man, if everyone had, had met Doña Frutosa, she would smoke like a pack of cam, a pack of cigarettes. I don't even remember the brand of cigarettes, but she would smoke a pack of cigarettes. Now, I was a young boy when all this happened. So in my eyes, it was like a pack of cigarettes every two hours. And she had this real raspy voice where she would talk. And then she was, I tell you, I think she was born in 1701. And so she couldn't walk right. She was about... Uh, four foot two and she was a frail thing but you know that girl that excuse me, not my girl but that woman can tell some spooky stories but that whoo there were several times where i was a wee little grumbler and made my butthole pucker because the stories that she told us i didn't like that so you know let's go into the famous cases what some other famous cases like i mentioned earlier one of them was uh, the annabelle dog case so annabelle's in a locked glass box in the occult museum there's a raggedy end doll named annabelle with do not touch warning sign on it so according to reports is that this doll is so fucked up with an entity that there was a visitor and wait hold on let me back up ed and lorraine warren have an occult museum in their house that is still open today that is ran by their son-in-law and inside of that museum they have a bunch of things that that were possessed that they felt it was a lot safer to keep in their house now i understand that they're trying to protect the public but i'll be goddamned if i'm going to have a bunch of haunted ass shit especially something as notoriously haunted as the annabelle doll inside of my fucking house it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, okay, okay, okay. I know that doing, you know, public service is a thing and you want to protect the, the people and all that. But look, you know, if I don't know you and Annabelle gets to you, then that's on you. That's between you two, not not me. But why am I going to invite that bad juju inside my house and keep that goddamn thing inside of a glass case? No, fuck that. No. One of the stories alleged by the Annabelle doll that how haunted is, you know, this isn't a true effect or true thing that actually occurred was that there was a visitor who went to the occult museum at the Warren's house and he was mocking the Annabelle doll. And when he left, he hopped on his motorcycle, he took off and right when he, uh, when he took off, he got hit by a goddamn car. Now, is that, I know it's coincidence. There's a lot of non-believers that are, that are going to think that, eh, it was a you know, mere coincidence that it, it has nothing to do with what actually happened and him taunting the doll however you have the believers who believe 110 percent that the believers were or not the believers but that this dude got fucked up by annabelle because he was talking shit and mocking her me personally i think annabelle fucked him up because don't man don't be making fun of that that doll it's already trapped behind a glass case and you're over there going to make fun of it that uh, boy, I tell you. So, according to the women's report, a twenty-eight or the Warrens report, a twenty-year, twenty-eight-year-old nurse who received the doll as a gift noticed that it started to change positions. Then she and her roommate started finding parchment paper with written messages saying things like "Help me, help us." The strange thing was the girls claimed they didn't have, they didn't even have parchment paper in their house. Hold up, wait a minute now. So you're telling me that some creepy ass little doll, number one, that was given to me as a gift, started moving around 
and you started noticing it. Now, my big question is, why didn't you burn the goddamn thing when it first started moving? Why keep it around the house and why even risk the chance that that thing is going to come back to life, regardless if it's an evil entity or not? If I see a doll that is changing positions and I know for a fact that it's changing positions, I'm going to burn the motherfucker or I am going to go gift it to a church. I am not going to keep it in my house. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know what parchment paper was until a couple years ago. So if I don't know what parchment paper is, why am I going to buy parchment paper? So that makes complete sense why these ladies didn't have any parchment paper in their apartment, because if they didn't use it, they didn't know what it was for. Then why are they going to have it in their house? And why was Annabelle having parchment paper inside of the house anyway, writing notes? What the hell does she need with parchment paper? Is she going to make some goddamn cookies? She didn't want them to stick to a pan. What is she doing? Why does she <sighs> see that's why it's really difficult for me to uh, really be haunted by a lot of things because, I, you know, I'm going to burn the fucking house down before I get fucked up by the demons. It's not going to happen to me. Boy, I tell you. But again, this is uh, the cases that everything, you know, this is the cases that the Warrens dealt with. So and then uh, so they also report say that next the doll started showing up in different rooms and leaking blood. See, OK, OK. Why do they still have the doll if the doll is writing notes? If you saw that the doll nobody else is writing notes and you suspect the doll why do you still have it and then now the doll is showing up in different rooms leaking blood why does the doll have blood and why is it going to different rooms what? there's so many questions why 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 and of course you're never going to get an answer because you have to answer your own questions it did see hold on take a deep breath okay now we the 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 raggedy ann doll which is annabelle it's real it's a real famous story that in a lot of a lot of people believe it is true and there's a lot of uh, evidence pointing that the doll actually has evil powers to fuck you up on so if these ladies are nurses and they you know obviously i don't know back then in the 70s but you know, as a nurse you have to take a drug test and if they're not high off of drugs and not high off of peyote then it is to believe that whatever they're saying is pretty true and why would they i wonder if they did why i wonder if they had the blood uh, tested the dna tested and what was it you know was it actually human blood was it animal blood or what kind of blood was it but again if that thing would have gone directly to a priest or the church i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fuck around and keep that in there you know that that's the church you know the church is all about fighting evil and you know good versus evil well the, hey the, here's your first test you can take the fucked up annabelle annabelle doll and don't leave it at my house ah boy i tell you so Ed and Lorraine came to the immediate conclusion that the doll itself was not, in fact, possessed, but manipulated by an inhuman presence. The Warren's evaluation was that the spirit in the doll was looking to possess a human host. So they took it, sprinkled holy water on it, and took it in the box. Okay, so I can understand how uh, skeptics are going to feel that the Warrens were a bunch of bullshit and that the Warrens were, you know, they faked the funk and they, they couldn't really get things honest but okay a self-proclaimed demonologist and we have this clairvoyant which i'm not sure exactly what's a medium i know it's like a a, a higher promoted medium or something like that don't get me wrong i mean I, i'm pretty sure I, I fucked it up but that's the way i interpret it but you're telling me that neither ed or lorraine were priest or preachers or anything in that in that aspect into the religious faith but they were able to sprinkle sprinkle some holy water on there and take care of Annabelle the doll just just like that. See, come on now. I, I don't think that is a thing. But I wasn't there, and I I'm just going off of reports and what I feel 
doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, hey, if that's what's taken care of again, and then you have the, like I mentioned about the motorcycle rider who who got hit by a car after he was taunting Annabelle. I'm not saying that it's complete bullshit, but it just makes me scratch my head that all Ed was able to do is, you know, spray, sprinkle some holy water on there. What is he, goddamn piece of beef? He's trying to salt the, the tenderize the meat? Come on now. So... And the, the end, I, again, I'm not going to detail a huge detail on the exacts, you know, of each case. I'm just, you know, touching the bit so we can get familiar with the, with the warrants. But instead of, again, the, in, instead of putting it into a religious locker room, you know, somewhere in a church or, you know, out there in the, in the Vatican, they keep the Annabelle doll in their basement, in their little occult church. I mean, not church, <laughs> in their little occult museum. Now, I'm not going to lie. I want to go to the Warren's home and look at the occult museum. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm already wearing gloves, not gloves, but I'm already wearing a mask. So all I got to do is put on a glove so I won't touch anything and get fucked up by whatever entities they have lingering around in those in those uh, artifacts that they have that they've taken from each, from each case. Now, again, if you haven't watched the movie The Conjuring, I stri- highly, highly, highly recommend going to watch that movie. It's a great movie. It, it's a good movie. <laughs> okay, so and uh, let me see. Another popular case is the Perrin family. Now, for a lot of you who have not been familiar with the Perrin family, the I know I mentioned Annabelle in The Conjuring because you know that was the opening scene in The Conjuring. However, the movie is actually based off of the Perrin family. That is another big paranormal haunting that you know supposedly actually have undisputable evidence that all the shit that the movie put in there was was pretty accurate now the movie wasn't 100 percent accurate just like not all hollywood movies are accurate anyway but it was it got a, it hit a lot of fine points and of course it exaggerated a lot because it's hollywood you know it makes sense so the parent family just remember the parent family is what the conjuring is truly based off of so uh, in, nine, in January 1971, the Perrin family, Carolyn and Roger, moved to a large farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. The family noticed strange occurrences happening right away that only got worse over time. Uh, starting with a missing broom, it, es- it escalated into a full-fledged angry spirit. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there right now. I'm pretty sure that the spirit was a Mexican because they were just trying to sweep. You know what I mean? Now, if, have you ever, you know, for those of you who've been around Mexican families or are part of a Mexican family themselves... How annoying is it, or not how annoying is it, but how many times do you do you get yelled at by your mom for moving the broom? So you put it in one spot, and then you know for a fact you left it there, but your mom finds it and says, God damn it, hijo de la chinga. And then they move the broom back to where, you know, the original spot was at. Or vice versa, the mom puts it away, and the kids take it away because they're going to, quote, unquote, uh, sweep. And they never do. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the spirit haunting the parent family was Mexican because he's pissed off about moving the broom all the goddamn time. <laughs> So the uh, the parent family, they were, you know, according to reports, they, they got really fucked up a lot during their their stay at that house. And then, you know, full fledged angry spirits. Now, angry spirits, from my understanding, what I read was that they were breaking shit. They were pulling the kids off of their beds. They were pushing. They were uh, hitting them. They were breaking objects like uh, coffee pots, clocks. They, they were just being asshole fucking spirits and breaking things left and right, which isn't cool. I mean, that's that's my shit. I paid for it. Don't break my shit, man. That's that's kind of messed up. But, you know, you have to take account on what exactly happened in that house to where the spirits are are pissed off. You know, do you why, why are you in their house anyway? So 
Uh, Carolyn claimed after Karen, which is the parent, the, the wife and the mom, uh, Karen, Cl- Carolyn claimed after researching the history of the house that the same family owned it for eight generations during which the during which time many died by drowning, murder or hanging. OK, why? You know, I understand that, you know, buying your house is exciting. You might get a great deal on it or, you know, blah, blah, blah. But. Show me the goddamn house. What was that? Show me the, the Fox report or the, the Fox, you know, whatever that car is, the, the Fox something or whatever it's called. But I need that report on the house. And why? How did the fuck did they die of drowning, hanging? And what was the other one? And murder. Why? What? OK, so who? <laughs> damn, that's a lot of shit to happen to eight generate eight generations. I wonder what, what the last generation had to do to lose the house in order for it to be sold to an outsider. You would think that eight generations, it would just stay inside the house because nobody wants to fuck around with it. But obviously the last generation did something to it to where they, they ended up losing it. But, that you know, that's pretty fucked up to have that kind of evil juju inside of the house. Murder, drowning, and hanging? That, that's, oh my gosh. I would move out just based off of those things occurring inside the house, you know? I don't know. Me personally, the way I see it is that, you know, okay, if someone got committed suicide, that's understandable. You know, things happen. Again, disclaimer, if you are suffering from any sort of depression, sadness, and you do have any thoughts of self-harm, please, please reach out to someone. Call your local in whatever uh, country you're in. Call your local help hotline. It's better to talk to someone than no one at all. Okay. Disclaimer over. Okay. But I, you know, I can understand, you know, someone commits suicide, then things happen. You know, there's things that are out of the control. However, a murder, a drowning and a hanging, that's one too many bad juju things to happen inside my house for me to live there comfortably. If you don't, if you don't believe in ghosts or if you do believe in ghosts, the thing, the way that I see it is that because you know those things occurred in your house or once you find out that those things occurred in your house, you'll start seeing things at the corner of your eye, which, you know, ironically you're going to scare the shit out of yourself so i would just avoid all that and just move out or just burn the fucking house down i think that's a a solve all right there just burn the goddamn house down and just be over with it and use the insurance money to go buy a different house one that doesn't have any hangings and murders and drownings on it that's that's just crazy so uh, when the warrens were brought in they claimed the house was haunted by a witch the things that went on there were just so incredibly frightening lorraine recalled no exorcism was performed like the movie claimed. There was a seance and the parent family moved out in 1980. So obviously the seance didn't work. If the uh, uh, the family, the parent family moved out in 1980. So what was the point? I mean, just a hustle or did the, I mean, what, what did they find? What, what I, I couldn't find anything or reports on exactly what the seance did and why it was performed so if if something like that if something that uh, intense is happening in the house wouldn't you want to get the the uh, like a whole army of priests you know old priest and young priest to walk around the house and saying the power of christ compels you the power of christ compels you and completely drench the entire interior and exterior of the house with holy water why would it i mean i i and again and this is part of the reason why skeptics believe that the Warrens were 100% full of shit. I'm still on the fence about it, but I would like to think as of right now that everything they did was true. I mean, the movies were fucking amazing. Again, The Conjuring is one of my favorite movies and you should definitely go check it out. But 
I don't know, a seance. I don't know what a seance would do. I'd have to check with somebody on exactly the purpose of it. You just say, you know, hey, this is Lorraine Warren. Come talk to me. Uh, we don't like what you're doing. Can you, you know, bounce? This house is already taken up. Unless you pay rent, you're no longer welcome. Welcome here into seance. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the purpose of the seance. And obviously didn't do anything if the parent family moved out in 1980. So again, this is my personal view on this. Now, my personal view is that if I pay someone to come get rid of the evil shit that's happening inside of my house and you fail to do that, I am going to go back and collect with interest. So therefore, you're going to give me my money. And on top of you giving my money, I'm going to fuck you up for wasting my time and aggravating the demons even more. Obviously, they did not or were not able to control whatever evil happenings that were going on if they moved out in 1980. Why would they even waste their time? I mean, boy, I tell you. Again, if I call, you know, quote, professionals to come help me and they can't help me, I'm going to fuck somebody up. That That's, you know, that's, that's all along the same lines as you call someone in to uh, fix your refrigerator because it's leaking and then they quote, fix it. But now the water, the refrigerator is not only, only leaking, but it's warming up. It's cooking your food instead of fucking making it cold. I'm going to fuck somebody up because you just messed, wasted my money and my time and the demons are still getting angry with me. That's the way I see it. And a witch, why would a witch haunt it? Didn't the Salem witch trials happen in Salem, Massachusetts, which they lived in Rhode Island, unless, you know, uh, Rhode Island was one of the escape places for witches, and they ended up doing their, you know, doing their satanic, I shouldn't say that, witches are always associated with Satanism, but they are not Satanists. They are cultists, which is a completely different thing. Uh, I would think that maybe that's where the hangings and the murders came from were sacrifices to whatever higher power uh, the, the witch were, you know, giving things to At least that's what I could think of. I mean, I could be wrong. I usually am, but Hey, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. So boy, I tell you now when, when see, I just, it just bugs me that uh, only a seance was reported being done and nothing, nothing else was, was, uh, reported i can understand why people get mad and they think that they were fake yeah i, I can understand so the you the you feel the you filled or infill sorry and the infilled haunting now the infilled haunting from my understanding is based off of the conjuring 2 which, which was a horrible movie that is one of the worst horror movies aside from the boy and a quiet place that i have ever watched it, oh and slender man i'm gonna throw that one in there too those movies were horrible and conjuring it takes the cake the conjuring 2 was fucking horrible jeez don't waste your time on the conjuring 2 so the enfield haunting in august 1977 the hodgson family reported strange things happening in their house like dresser sliding across the floor and knocking coming from all over the house police are said to have witnessed a chair rising and moving on its own okay okay hold on back up number one don't scratch my goddamn floors up all right I never knew the value of how important the the floors are. You know, I lived in apartments for for the like past five years, so I didn't really pay much attention on wear and tear on certain things. And the floor is one of them. But now that I you know, I'm renting, I'm still renting. I'm, I'm renting a house, but it's a house, which is a bigger area. And goddamn, don't drag shit across my floor. I'm gonna punch you in the thigh. I'm gonna give you a Charlie horse if you drag shit across my floor. Don't fuck up my floor. 
because damn it, I hate scratched up floors. It aggravates the shit out of me. However, if a ghost is doing that, I'm burning the house. I can't, I'm not going to sit around and let you scratch at my floor, number one, and then annoy the shit out of me by knocking all over the damn house. Don't. Just, oh, I'm going to burn the fucking house down. I'm not going to walk around and spray, you know, sprinkle holy water. Just a dab here, just a dab there. No, it's not going to happen. It's going to, uh, I'm going to fuck somebody up. But the, oh, the, 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 in the infield haunting happened in in uh, England, so it's no longer in stays. We went across the pond, and the, you know, so the conspiracy or the uh, not the, the the drama around the infield haunting was that everything was created by the family. That the family is the one who orchestrated everything. They planned all the the chairs moving. They planned a bunch of stuff. Apparently, you know, in, in the movie, I had a once I watched the movie, I had to double check and started reading the articles on it and reading uh, reports on on the infield haunting. But according to reports, that the family are the one who set up the entire hauntings, supposedly because whatever entity was haunting them and was uh, tormenting them made them do it, so they wouldn't be able to get rid of the entities and that. When they didn't obey obey the the entities, then they would become extremely violent and they would get pissed off and, you know, do all that other shit. So the family staged a lot of it and uh, they they ended up being accused of, of falsifying everything, which, you know, sucks. Because if you're really getting tormented by by a demons or by entities, you know, you just want to keep that for real. You don't want to be called a liar about it. So the, uh, let me see, the Warrens visited Enfield, England in 1978, and they were convinced that it was a real poltergeist case. Those who, let me see, uh, those who deal with the supernatural day in and day out know the phenomenon are there. There's no doubt about it. Ed Warren is quoted saying, you know, we, I don't know about, I keep saying we, cause I want, I feel like everyone has at least watched some of the most, uh, some important movies growing up, you know, horror movies, uh, Friday the 13th, The Exorcist, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Poltergeist. Uh, to me, those are some of the most, you know, the staple horror movies that everyone grew up on, regardless if you want to watch it or not, you know, either your parents watched it, your brother, uncle, aunt, sister, friend, whatever, somebody watched the, one of those movies and you, everyone knows about it. Now, Poltergeist when I watched it, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty crazy movie. You know, you see things moving, you see the kid getting slid across the floor, then you see the kid getting eaten by the television, you know, just poltergeist. And Ed to confirm or to say that there was an actual poltergeist activity happening in the house makes me wonder how, how, how do you, how do you know how can you confirm that is my question. How can you confirm that if you're, is it just based off experience by feeling or did the clairvoyant medium, uh, which was uh, Lorraine, confirm that by performing a seance and getting in touch with the poltergeist? Or did they have the proper equipment to identify a poltergeist? So, you know, those are, those are my immediate questions on that. But number, but aside from that, I'm not going to fuck around with the poltergeist. I mean, we've all watched, you know, well, now we don't, again, there I am. But we, you know, we've seen haunting movies. We've heard things around our house, whether it be, you know, regular creaks in the floorboard whatever pipes or an actual haunting we've heard all that and immediately our ears perk up and the little hairs on the back of our arms and our neck stand up and we just freeze thinking that fuck what was that could you imagine living through that day in day out and having that happen to you no matter what you do and then you have some fucking yankees from washington from washington <laughs> 
<laughs> from America come in and try to solve something. And then you have somebody who who doesn't even who doesn't even know what the fuck he's talking about. He's a self-proclaimed demonologist. But hey, hey, hold on. Pause. Don't be do- don't be dogging out. Uh, self-proclaimed demonologist because again i just proclaimed myself as a, as a demonologist and i am the leading demonologist in my household so without said with that said i kind of know what i'm talking about but how can i identify the poltergeist i need i don't know i, I need some equipment anybody want to donate some equipment to me please let me know i'll, I'll be more than happy to take it so uh, two years after they after the war started the mysterious hauntings abruptly abruptly stopped however the family maintains that they didn't do anything to stop it now, that was the controversy and the uh, conspiracy that the family was uh, you know, doing all this for attention so they can get media media attention so they can get money donated to them. It, it was a big hustle out there in, in, uh, in, the, in England. And it, it was a there was a lot of people, from my understanding, that were there to debunk it. I mean, there were psychologists, there were other paranormal investigators, there were police officers. There were all these people there, you know, several people to go and debunk and prove that this family was lying about it. So when I read the report or when I read, you know, re- reports or papers on what happened, it never says that the Warrens actually solved the issue of the poltergeist or the haunting of that family. All it says was that it's in, or inconclusive and that the activity had stopped. In, of course, you know, with uh, regular checkups and the Warren family staying there, they, uh, they, they confirmed that everything was, was rest easy. But how can you gauge that? How do you know that it just wasn't chilling? And then when they left, they fucking killed everybody. Again, just, you know, as being the lead demonologist in my household, I would just burn the house down. That, that's that's my that's my problem solver right there. Just burn the fucking house down. Again, my services are for hire. I am a demonologist now. I self-proclaimed myself. So if you feel like you have a haunting, let me know at graveyardgrumbler at mail.com and I will be more than happy to give you my two cents. And again, I am the leading demonologist in my family. So with that said, <laughs> what, I mean, tell me what you think. You know, if, if you feel, just look it up, look up the haunting or the conspiracies and the of the family, what was it called? The Hudson Hodgson family, yeah, the visited Enfield, England, and they were poltergeist case. Yeah, the Hodgson, the Hodgson, H O D G S O N, the Hodgson family. Look that up and read the articles on it, and read what a lot of people have said first for you know firsthand witnesses, and let me know if you think that it was a fake. Uh, there, there are supposed videos where. Uh, people caught things moving and there was also a still picture where it shows a kid supposedly being thrown across the room however if you look at the picture it looks like the kid just jumped straight you know, just just jumped kids do that kids jump off of random shit i'm telling you i have a 17 year old i have a 15 year old and i also have an 11 year old and all three of them will jump off of random shit Rather, you know, they could jump off of off of the kitchen chair. They can jump from like the third, fourth step on our staircase. They can climb. They'll climb over the bal the the ban the balcony. They can. They will climb over the balcony or the banister. I don't know what those things are called. Where the the arm rails or whatever it's called. They'll climb over that and then jump off of that goddamn thing, just because they're kids. That's what kids do. Kids jump off of shit. So if you look at the picture, it it would actually show the uh, the kid jumping or supposedly being thrown. I personally think that that whole case was bullshit, and I think it was just a, a notch in the Warren's belt to gain to grow their popularity. 
I don't think they were actually haunted and the poltergeist and all this other shit. I, I don't I don't think I don't see it. I mean, just reading the papers and everything uh, that was provided, I don't see that it was an actual a real thing. So uh, the controversy with the Warrens, Ed Warren passed away. This isn't a controversy. He actually passed away August 3rd, 2006. And Lorraine Warren uh, passed away April 18th, 2019. Uh, they left behind a bunch of speculation that all their work was a hoax and fakes. There are several people working on proving they weren't real cases. Again, that's when I read that opening statement that uh, those skeptics and those people were proving that all of their cases and all their work was was bullshit. Okay, now, I'm okay with you trying to prove things wrong, but to destroy someone's career and to destroy someone's repu- reputation, because again, you might be jealous or you might think that it's just complete bullshit, it's fine, but you don't have to destroy everything. You know, pick, pick one or two cases and you know prove those were those were fake and then let the public decide if they want to uh, crucify the warrants and call them complete fakes and kooks and and nutballs and everything like that just if you read the articles all you have to do is type just google ed and lorraine uh, ed and lorraine warren conspiracies or ed and lorraine warren fakes and a whole bunch of shit's going to pop up on each, not each one of their cases, but a lot of their big cases on how they faked a lot of the evidence. They faked a lot of the things that were recorded. They um, paid people off to agree with them that things were happening when things weren't really happening. And you know what sucks because in the world of paranormal and the world of the unknown, you would like to think that uh, something like that is, is real and you have, you know, the, the white knights of the of the underworld coming out and, and protecting people from things that they can't see and do need help protecting. But to be complete fakes, I think it's just on how strong you believe. If you don't believe, of course, you can think it's fake. If you do believe, you're not going to believe it's fake, but it, it's up to you. So Jerry Springer, final thoughts. What do I think about the Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren? Uh, I think that the work that they did was fucking amazing because it inspired a lot of movies. Uh, it inspired, and, you know, inspired a lot of my, a couple of my favorite movies. You know, being uh, Annabelle two and The Conjuring one. Those were, those are two of my favorite horror movies. And without them, we wouldn't have it. However, I would have to do more investigating on what the actual thing uh, is on, on you know, just. On, do more in-depth research on on each case, on each popular case, seeing what evidence was presented, what counter evidence people have that they say it's not true, and to find out from other people, not other people, but like other mediums, that how accurate what, what it was and what why only a seance was done. Now, on that note, let me know if you would like to hear a live episode with my sister, which is Goddess Guidance. Uh, she dabbles in the world of of uh, protection. On you know, she does the whole tarot card readings and and the the sage cleansings and all that other stuff. So she is a, I guess you want to call it a paranormal paranormal warrior. I just don't know how, you know, what rank she is in there. I don't know if she's a private, if she's a sergeant, a colonel. I don't know how far she is in there. Uh, I know that we have talked about it a couple of times, but now that I have this information, I will, I'm wondering if, you know, if that's something that my listeners would be interested in. If so, shoot me an email or comment on my Instagram under this episode or, you know, my Facebook and let me know if that's something you're interested in, in hearing. 
but uh, if you do, if you are interested, the best way to hear it go live would be to download the Podbean app because that's where I will be broadcasting live from. Again, I'm not going to do it unless people tell me they want me to get more information or hear from, uh, I, can't, I can't think of what her exact title is. I, I had it in the top of my, in my notes, but I don't know where I left that paper at. So she does uh, dabble into, you know, spiritual protection and all this other stuff. I know she has some goodies that she blessed and, and does some other stuff to help protect you from the evil and negativity and other entities. But I just don't know how, again, how deep she is into that. And I'm pretty sure it'd be interesting to bring up the case with Ed and Lorraine Warren and see what she thinks about it. So, okay. Well, those are my thoughts on this. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know it's kind of a crappy ending, but my brain was going 58,000 miles per hour and I was looking for the notes on my, uh, what exactly my sister's title was. But the good news is I finally wrote some spooky stories and I am ready to release them. However, I will not be doing that until next weekend. I am going over some editing process or some editing in my stories. I have three stories that everyone is going to listen to and hopefully enjoy. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday, a fresh set of uh, spooky tales will be released. Now, I just want to give a quick thing on next week's episode. Uh, next week's episode is going to be a little different for my show. It, it is an episode that I've been uh, putting off for years and years and years. And when I mean years, I'm talking about ever since I was about 12 years old. Okay. Uh, I guess I, I wanted to do some sort of pro, uh, podcast or, you know, detail type uh, episode ever since I was, a, I was a kid and writing was a huge outlet for me to do that. But I burned all those papers out of anger and stuff. But th next week's title, next week's episode is going to be about the, the title of next week's episode is The Day Superman Died. Now, I'm not talking about the superhero or the or the DC comic one. I am talking about the death of my father. You know, I've buried that for years and years and years and never really opened up and talked about it, even with my wife and my kids. I do open up, you know, when they ask, but not freely share information about exactly how I felt. And now that I have a platform, I just, I just have it inside of me that it's something that I have to do. I have to let it out. I have to put it out on, on record and I just have to just do it for me, for me, you know, personally. So I understand if, it, you know, it, it's going to be kind of a, uh, a left turn on the type of, of content I put out on my on my podcast, but it's something I have to be do. I have to do. <laughs> it's something that I have to do, and it has to be done. So I hope everyone tunes in for next Friday's episode. Again, it's going to be uh, all about the the death of my father, on how I felt before he died, when he died, and after he died. So again, that is something that has to be done. And again, I know a lot of people. Uh, can relate to, you know, someone close to them passing and my condolences for those. However, I'm not going to get much in that because it's already going to be an hour episode uh, well, close to an hour after I do editing, it'll be less than an hour. However, next Friday's episode will be called the day Superman died. And I will also release a set of spooky tales on Saturday. So hopefully everyone tunes in again. Thank you very much for all the support and continuing support. It means so much to me. Please share and and uh, recommend my podcast to everyone you know, even if it's the taquero or the, the taco man, even if it's the paletero, the ice cream man, even if it's someone you hate, someone you love, recommend my show to them. 
Uh, and if you have an iOS device, which is a Mac computer or an iPhone, please head over to Apple Podcast, Graveyard Grumbler Podcast, and leave a review and a rating for me. The more you do that, the better it helps my my numbers and my boosting for my my show all around. And plus, it makes me feel good when I you know when I reach out to people, showing that they actually appreciate the stuff I put out. So, on that note, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. This is the end. This is the end. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Grumbler.